All right, welcome back to part two, where we're going over this 14-point checklist that we followed to give a million dollars. And so if you haven't listened to part one, I would suggest starting there. And if you have, then now we're on to part two. So now I'm going to drop you into point number eight on this 14-point checklist. So number eight on our list is learning how to invest wisely. Okay. And this was a really, really significant part of us kind of reaching that goal. And uh, if we were going to start over from scratch, this absolutely be one of the first things because this is how we took what we had and how we multiplied it into something more. Because at the end of the day, uh, you can save and move forward, you know, with addition uh, in that direction as you kind of save and accumulate money, um, you know, by by doing some of the things we're talking about and maybe with, um, you know, selling some things in eBay and collecting some extra cash. But it's when you multiply it, when you begin adding that that multiplication factor that you really start thing, seeing things move forward. And so this was such an important and critical part. Uh, and so this is something definitely to consider. And we, you know, uh, written about this a decent amount on our website. So you can read more about that on our blog uh, over at seedtime.com. Or we have an investing course that we call our 10x investing course, where we, that's where we just lay everything out and go through our entire strategy, everything that we used. But but the point is, regardless, you want to figure out how to multiply uh, the money that you have been entrusted with, because that is the thing that's really going to move things um, move things faster. All right. So number nine on our list is to prayerfully set career goals. Mm. Okay. So kind of when we were early on, we were kind of dreaming about all this and figuring out what we we're going to do. Like I had this realization that, all right, if I want to give away a million dollars or millions of dollars really is what it was. I'm probably going to have to earn more than my $35,000 a year that I was earning at the time. Like that, that salary right. wasn't going to get me there really, really quick, you mm-hmm. know. And so that forced me to kind of ask some tough questions about all this and ask some questions about like, all right, my career path, is this going to get me to where I want to go and to be able to make the impact that I want to make? If I continue doing what I'm doing for the next five years or 20 years, like where am I going to be? You know, another question along those lines is like, am I actually utilizing the gifts that God has put in me? Mm. And really, I think that ultimately led me to realize that I was kind of on a dead end career path. Yeah. And but you knew. Yeah. But that like but. really solidified it. And, you know, and that led me to start praying about God. I don't think it's going to get me where I want to go. And I don't like where I am. <laughs> uh, I didn't know how to fix it. But that's why prayer is so important in here. because. Right. Because God can fix these things that we mm-hmm. can't, you know, yeah. and then he gets the glory, which is the way it should be. Yep. And that's exactly what happened for me. Like, and he made my way of escape through a layoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, it's not the path I would have chosen. Uh, but it's like, in hindsight, it was the best thing. It was the perfect thing yeah. I needed. It got me exactly where I needed to be uh, doing the work that he's gifted me to do. But see, I mean, that is something that is so important to keep in mind is like you said, he made my (laughs) way of escape was through a a layoff, which is terrifying news to most people. But when we are in the position of God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, which is us, then we know that something that seems terrifying, actually, God can see us through it in a way that blesses us but also other people around us too yeah but right yeah. and like this business exists because of that yeah absolutely like yeah, if you're listening to this like just this is why 
that that's one of the things, one of the reasons why. And I remember you coming home and being like, oh, I'm getting laid off. And the two of us just sat there like, what do we do now? You know, yeah. like it wasn't just, it's easy in hindsight to be like, yeah, it was great. I got laid off from the job I hated, but it didn't feel like that when we moment, were walking course, through it. When it happens, it's like, you don't know what's going to happen. How are we going to pay our bills? Yeah. Like we were yeah. barely making any money anyway. <laughs> Yeah. And so for you to get laid off, it was like, well, uh, okay. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. All right. Number 10 on the list is to determine your true hourly wage. Mm-hmm. And this this kind of ties into the previous one, but uh, this is a really powerful exercise. And we have another um, podcast and YouTube video. I'll try to link it up in the show notes um, or, you know, in the description down below where we kind of go through this exercise and exactly what this looks like. But it's a really powerful exercise exercise to do because so many people just look at their annual salary, look at their hourly rate, and and think that that's what they're actually getting paid. And the truth is that's just way off. It's almost always way off. And the, the accurate way to do that is to determine all the other expenses that are at play. And so in my case, in my corporate job, like I had to drive 35 to 40 minutes every day to mm-hmm. work, from work, I had to buy extra gas to do that. I had to buy uh, a lot of different clothes to go do my job. I had like there were all these unaccounted for expenses, and so my I, I worked eight hours a day, but I actually was gone gone closer to nine and a half. So that has to factor in, you know. So the point is, you add up all the actual hours you're spending, uh, and then you add up all the actual dollars that you're spending, and all of that, and you kind of get you go through this process and you can determine what your true hourly wage is, and. And it's super helpful for, like, um, you know, if one if you you or your spouse is trying to figure out if you should stay home with the kids rather than send them to right. daycare, like this is super helpful because yeah. there are situations where it might make a whole lot more sense financially, mm-hmm. you know, to stay at home rather than to do the job that you're earning twelve dollars an hour on paper, but actually only six dollars an hour, right? When it comes down to it, you know. So, all right. So that's number ten. Number eleven is to track. Your net given, okay? This is a big one again. This is a big one. And so, and what we mean by that, again, this is in the giving section of our book. You can read more about it. Uh, but net given is where we are tracking the amount of money that we have given. Real simple, right? This is a running sheet of all the money that we've given. And when you are paying attention to what you're doing, like you are going to do better at that thing. Right. This is this is super obvious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like um, Pearson's law says, when performance is measured, performance improves. Okay. So when we're I'm actually so proud of you for reminding, remembering all the P laws. Oh my gosh. Pearson's, Pareto's, what? Parkinson's, <laughs> all of them. All you the know laws. Them, you can distinguish well, all between all of them. Good for you. Good for me. Good for me. <laughs> anyway, but the point is, is that uh, you know when progress is getting measured, um, it right. improves. And so there's something about that. And so when we can be actually tracking, paying attention to this thing that's so important to us, to giving. We're mm-hmm. trying to reach this million-dollar mark. Like, we need to be writing it down. We need to be measuring our progress. And and so, anyway, so that was a really, really big big thing for us. Well, and especially because I think you and I have kind of identified that our uh, to be a success in terms of what God says is a success is not based on how much money we can accumulate yeah. or how much money we can make every year, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's more dependent on how much we can give, especially because we feel like that is such a strong call on our lives. Yeah. So make sure you're tracking what matters to you. But yeah. specifically, if you're trying to give away a million dollars, do this because then you'll know, you'll know where you stand, you yeah. know? 
Yeah, you get to see that progress, which is really, really fun and, and exciting. Well, and you wouldn't have that. We don't, wouldn't have that testimony if we hadn't yeah. tracked We would have it. never known. We would have never known. We would have been like, man. <laughs> we just have one, like, still. Like, I, I hope would have one no day we idea. get to it, you know, and like, we, we would we've be already saying, passed it. We would be saying, yeah, I hope we get to give away millions of dollars. You know, we haven't given away millions yet, but we've given away a million. So yeah. I'm excited about that. But uh-huh. we wouldn't, We I have no doubt, we would have no idea. We would not know, yeah. Anyway, so really, really cool. Yeah. Number 12, uh, work on your heart, okay? Uh, because we're talking about money mm-hmm. and we're believers in Jesus Christ, we're followers of Jesus, like this is just such an important part, right? Yeah. And especially uh, if you are trying to do something where you're bringing more money into your life, you know, the Bible obviously has a lot of warnings about money and wealth, um, but that to me, that doesn't mean all right, let's just all try to stay poor and just not make any money, not right. use our gifts that God's put in in us. But it means the opposite. It means let's take the gifts that he's given us, let's multiply them, let's make as much money as we can for his glory, mm-hmm. you know, doing it righteously and honor, honorably, but yeah. then also taking that and be able to give and have a, an, a, an additional benefit of yeah. what we're doing with it. And so uh, we all know people, you probably do too, who have a whole lot of money or who have no money, Um and are chasing money for the wrong reasons. Ooh. So it's not about how much you have. It's all about our hearts, you know? Yeah. And you can have a lot of money, you can have no money, and have a heart that is chasing and lusting after wealth. It's so true. So it's not about the money, it's about our hearts. Yeah. And so it's really important that we work on our hearts and keeping that heart pure. Mm-hmm. Number 13, spend more on what you love by cutting spending on the things that you don't. There you go. And we talk about this a good bit. But, and I don't know, I wouldn't say this is a major factor in us reaching this goal, but but I do think that there's part of this, I think especially for you. Indirectly, like, I think it's it's pretty important because what happens is if you're spending money on things you don't want to spend money on and you have less money to spend on what's really important to you, you're going to feel a lot stingier. Yeah. I think it's just a natural thing there. And, you know, of course, there's always times when it's like we don't want to fix the air conditioner. I'd so much rather spend that money on something else, spend that money on, you know, clothes <laughs> for me or another saw for Bob, you know. But and what I mean is I want the air conditioning to work, so I do it. But yeah. it's like such a boring thing to buy. <laughs> but when when we're not spending a bunch of money on things that we don't really care about, like, I'm trying to think of what we don't really care about. Uh, I don't know. What do I don't know. What about? is everybody else? In, okay. We had, I had, there was one present that I bought for someone and it was, he wanted a Stanley cup replica. And I just remember thinking, I don't. Well, and it was like miniature feels, size. Yeah, it was, it was like miniature size. size. right? And it was like $50. Okay. To him, that was super important. To me, <laughs> I don't watch sports really. At all. Sports. So there is no sporting game, like the World Series, the Super Bowl, none of that. I would never spend my money on that. But if you find yourself spending money on things like that that you're like, I don't really care about, and it's robbing you of like, but I do really want to go on dates with my husband. Yeah. But I can't because I'm... What happens is you start getting stingy. I know that's kind of an extreme example, but to me, it makes a lot of sense why this is in here is because... Yeah. It's hard to be generous when you don't feel like you your needs are being met or even just some of the desires in your heart being fulfilled. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I think it comes down to like our approach to all this is is one of balance. Like you can take some of this stuff to the extreme and uh, and live like a pauper, like in order to do the thing. But I don't know. Like if you read, uh, I guess it's First Timothy six when um, Paul's given instructions for the rich, of which all of us are rich. Let's be real. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably rich. You know, and what that I equates to. I have a house to, for my car. Yeah, like what that <laughs> equates to is if you're making thirty, thirty to forty thousand dollars somewhere in there, you're in the basically the top one percent of the world. Mm-hmm. Like you're rich. Okay. So again, those are instructions for us in First Timothy six, and and there's instructions in there about enjoying the blessings of mm. God, and and so it's important that we do that, and we're not like. Um, I went to a uh, Jesuit high school when, and I learned a little bit about the Jesuits, and they would like beat themselves to uh, flagellation. Is that what it's called, or something? Self-flagellation, something like that. Anyway, so they would like. Is that wi- when you have gas? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and so they would. Anyway, they would inflict pain on themselves, and uh, I, I don't is... know if it's to be, to be more righteous. I'm not really sure exactly, but point is. Like I, I just believe that God loves his kids, loves his children, yeah. and I love my children. And, and and I think we have that example of him being our father to, like, it's okay to enjoy something. It's okay to spend money on yourself. Well, and um, we read all through the Bible about how God wants to bless us, you yeah, know? Yeah. And of course, that means a whole lot of things. It means spiritual blessings. It means, I think it's, you know... The blessing of having peace in your home, peace yeah, in your and heart, I think you know. Material blessings are like the lowest form of blessing of in what, the grand scheme yeah. of things, but they're still blessings. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I agree with that. So we are not at all the people who are going to tell you, no, don't ever spend anything fun. Like, we want you to mm-hmm. because, you know, but there are some people who need to hear, well, you probably shouldn't spend all of your money on yourself. You actually need to give some more. Yeah. And so, And that's the thing. That's why it's so important to... To be prayerful, to be reading the word, and to allow God to convict you and lead you in the right direction mm-hmm. because your financial situation is going to look different than everyone else's yeah. and what you need to do in this moment is going to look different than everyone else's. So anyway, all right, number 14 on the list, the last one here, is giving beyond 10%, okay? Ooh. And I say this because I've encountered a lot of believers who, and I was one of them, <laughs> who <laughs> I'm giving 10%. I reached the finish line. I'm done. I got it done. And no matter how much money I make, I'm going to 90% is mine, 10% is God's. And as I read my Bible. That sentence right there, 90% is mine, 10% is God's. That that is revealing and And you can do that in such a uh, pharisaical, self-righteous way of Mm -hmm. which I think I was doing. But anyway, as I read my Bible, like I just, I tend to believe that everything is God's. And, uh, you know, and while we did have you know, some uh, some laws in the Old Testament about tithing, and it's like, all right, you have to do this. Like, as a New Testament believer, I feel like Jesus is calling us to even more, you know? Yeah. And in 2 Corinthians 9, it says we should do what we've decided on our heart in terms of our giving. So it's like this isn't a prescriptive thing where we're going to tell you how much you should give or anything like that. But I think it's important that we're continuing to grow in our generosity, continuing to stretch in our generosity. Mm-hmm. And... And I think as we do that prayerfully and we're led by that rather than guilt and obligation, mm-hmm. again, Second Corinthians 9 talks about that. I, I don't know. I think that gets us in this sweet spot that we want to be, especially yeah. if our goal is to give a lot of money away. But that's what we need to be. Well, you know? and one of the things 
that I think of is like, yes, there were a lot of rules that we were given in the Old Testament. Um, but in the New Testament, we have two rules, which is to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if we are living by those rules, the outflow of that ends up being yeah, probably more, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like uh, yeah. It, 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 it overflows that, that love for God and love for people overflows into every aspect of our life. Our finances are just one of them. Yeah. And when you understand what you've been forgiven, it's a lot easier to forgive, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and that's a little bit of a different point, but similar idea though. Like when you understand how much you've been given, <laughs> like it makes it easier to give. Yeah. And yeah. And so, so anyway, so I, that's an important key, like mm-hmm. to continue to grow and stretch in your generosity, because all of, and again, going back to our story, our how we reached that goal, it did. If we would have stopped at ten percent, like we wouldn't be anywhere near there, mm-hmm. like, and not even just mathematically, like if we would have stopped at ten percent, <laughs> like it, we would just been so far behind, we wouldn't even be close to this goal. So the. So the numerical part of, all right, well, you give 20%, so you're giving twice as much. Like, that'll help you get there twice as fast. It's not actually true. I think that might help you get there 10 times faster. And Because in our case, it's like as we increased our giving, God started putting all this extra energy behind us. And so it was more than just us giving more. He came in and pushed us forward and propelled us forward. So... Point is, that's going to help you get to the goal faster. That was really interesting to watch because... Yeah, you would like, I mean, we talk about this again in the book because this is just our story. <clears throat> but it's like we watched as we were trying to uh, basically reach our own goals as best as we could. But as soon as we let God in a little bit more, like just gave him some more leeway to do things, yeah, that was when we saw really wild stuff happening. And just to this point, it was like, we have this goal of wanting to give away a million, but I don't think that we could have done that. Yeah. Without inviting God into it and being like, yep, if you want us to do that, we'll do it. Yeah. If you have that for us, we'll do it. It doesn't make sense mathematically. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but we did it anyway. And man, we saw him come through in some really... Really cool Fun, ways. cool, yeah, yeah, testimony ways. So anyway, so that is our 14-point checklist. And yeah. that is, I would say, again, like just summing this up. Like if we were going to do this over or if we were starting from scratch now and wanted to do this, these are the steps that we'd follow. There you go. So if you want this, we actually have this in PDF form. We can go ahead and um, get you a copy of this. But here's what I want you to do. Send me a DM on Instagram at Time, or send me an email bob at seedtime.com mm-hmm. and uh we'll get you a copy of this and we'll send it over and we actually sell this on our site but um as a thank you for being a podcast listener we'd love to send it to you yeah uh what else what else is it's on the great, docket in the it's agenda a great day it's a great day to be alive it's a great day to be alive um and so i think that's it i think that's it we appreciate you listening yes you're awesome uh you are on our prayer list and um mm-hmm really value you and appreciate you more than you realize uh go ahead and share us with anybody who needs it and um we'll see you in the next episode see ya
All right. We want to know if you've heard about our flagship class called True Financial Freedom. Yeah. And if you haven't, it's more than just a money class. Mm -hmm. It's really about fulfilling your God-given purpose, breaking free from hidden money beliefs and making a lasting impact. Yeah, and we've gotten feedback from students and they've said things like, it is the first class I've taken where at the end of each session, I felt equipped and not burdened. Yeah, and it's less theory and more realistic action steps and guidance. We've also heard it felt like a conversation with friends, which is awesome. Yeah, and it encouraged me in ways I didn't think I would ever experience. This class is on demand and it's designed for churches and small groups as well as individuals. And you can get all the details at seedtime.com slash TFF.